I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about understanding depression. So, this is a really important topic and yes. we've touched upon it a little bit in other videos where we talked about bipolar and other videos. It's come up. But you and I have been really wanting to talk about depression for a while. We have, and we haven't quite gotten to it. But depression is huge absolutely huge and it often goes hand in hand with anxiety with anxiety and we'll do another one on the interface between depression and anxiety mm -hmm. maybe after the holidays but it's important for you guys to look at depression because I would say most people going through a breakup are depressed absolutely I know when I went through my breakups I was depressed yes and we're going to talk about it today. Margaret's going to help lead this one because she's got tremendous amounts of experience with that issue. Yes, I have treated depression for years and it's not easy. It's not easy for, to treat it and it's not certainly not easy to have it. So we're not talking about bipolar mood swings at this point. We're talking about a depressed mood. Mm -hmm. And a mood is how you feel. And I can remember before I was a counselor of any sort, I was a teacher. Yep. And I remember walking into the seventh grade one day and they said, oh, how come you're in a bad mood? And I thought, I'm not in a bad mood. And then in about five minutes I realized they were right. <laughs> so even from the time we're kids, um, we understand that people have moods and mm -hmm. we certainly know that our parents have moods and we learn to read them early on. Yep. And I'm just going to start by saying if you look at the statistics really for any of these disorders that we've discussed they're alarming but 16 million adults suffer from depression at any given time that's a lot of people and it actually seems low to me well you can add children and some other types of depression but just regular old medical depression mm -hmm. a major depression yeah. and of course it comes in three flavors mild moderate and severe and if it's severe enough you can hallucinate, yeah. which is very scary because oftentimes if you go to a mental health clinic and say you're hallucinating, they immediately misdiagnose you as having schizophrenia, yeah. when in fact the most usual reason for people having hallucinations is major depression. Um, there's yeah. a lot of it around. And I have worked with several clients that had major depression yes. that were so depressed they were hallucinating they were seeing things. Yes. Uh, they and the two that I could think off the top of my head, they thought they were seeing ghosts. Oh yeah, yeah, You're that right? often happens. Mm -hmm. Yes, and if and if you're grieving, certainly um, you can see the ghosts. It's the leading cause of disability for adults age 15 to 45. Wow. It used to be bipolar disorder, but now it's simply major depression. Um, the usual onset is age 30 but it can come up at any age. And it comes up around age 30 and sometimes in the 20s 
for people who've had a struggle growing up, whether they were poor or ill or they come from a dysfunctional family, and they get into their 20s or getting toward 30 and they realize they're exhausted and they kind of collapse. Yeah. And I've seen that repeatedly. Um, but it can happen at any time in life. And it's a mood disorder and it's about how we feel. And people are not real friendly about people having depression. It's still considered a moral issue and every person I have ever treated who had it told me that the people in their lives, out of meaning to be helpful, say to them, snap out of it. Yeah. Okay? And if you're depressed, you have absolutely no energy. Brushing your teeth can feel totally overwhelming. Getting out of bed is more than you can think of doing. And well-meaning people will say, snap out of it. And if you just got out of that bed and went out and did something, you'd feel better. Unfortunately, it's the other way around. If I felt better, I would get up and get out of this bed, okay? Um, and I think in addition to being depressed, unfortunately, people kind of get little sympathy and kind of some badgering for the people around them. It's not a moral issue. It's not a weakness. You're not being lazy. And you cannot just snap out of it. It's a genuine disease like diabetes. Yep. Um, and I have numerous times suggested that people see a doctor because it's a good idea to evaluate them for some kind of an antidepressant. And I say, well, I shouldn't be going to a doctor for depression. Would you go for diabetes? Oh, of course. This is just as real and just as much as of a medical diagnosis. Okay? Yep. Um, and I remember the days before we had medication that was as good as what we have now. And people would have to be in therapy forever. Okay, I'll talk more about the drugs in a few minutes, but they have made the, the situation of dealing with it much better. Um, so people can't tell you how you feel. How you feel is how you feel, and you can't turn it off and on. How is but they will. Yes, they will. Yeah. They'll get into your business. No, stop. You're not depressed. You're not depressed, no. You have no reason to be depressed. That's my favorite, I think. And, you know, you list the tragedies in the person's life, they should have been depressed before they thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how is it different from sadness? In depression, there is always an aspect of beating yourself up, of being unhappy with yourself, of somehow blaming yourself for things. And, you know, people say, if I had done that better, if I had been a better wife, if, 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 and if only, maybe this wouldn't have happened. And, of course... People going through a breakup, oh, Lord, they're Lord. all beating themselves up. Yeah, it's, yeah people, people un unbelievably enough, people are more willing to take blame than you'd believe. Um, when, you know, certainly as grown-ups we have to take the blame we own, but we really don't need any that isn't ours, you know? Blame needs to go where it belongs. All right. And both people created your relationship. That's right. Anxiety and depression almost always exist together. And I learned that from psychiatrists I worked with. Because you could refer somebody for depression and they'd give, give them what you think is an anxiety pill and vice versa. Um, but they didn't know what they were doing. And you really can't have one very often without the other. Okay? So you're depressed about what's happening in the past and present and you're anxious about what's going to happen in the future. And it does not mean that you're having a good time at all. Mm -hmm. No. And then you get, how did you explain, we've talked about this before, you get 
depressed because you're anxious. Yes, and, and then you get anxious, anxious because you're, you're depressed. depressed. Yeah, and you can't do anything. Right. Um, I let you know that the formal criteria to di diagnose depression is a depressed mood most of the day, every day. Okay. No. So think about that for your situation. Right. I'm pretty sure that. Almost everybody watching this video is going to be shaking your head Depressed to that. Depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day. Yeah. No interest or pleasure in any or all activities that you used to enjoy. Yep. Most of the day, nearly every day. Mm -hmm. Feelings of worthlessness or excessive inappropriate guilt. Most of the day, every day. You've already heard that. <laughs> okay? So... You no longer enjoy anything, and you don't have the energy to enjoy anything. Except my videos. Except your videos, which will pull anyone out of a depression right away. Um, if only. And If only. And you have feelings of worthlessness or excessive inappropriate guilt. I've heard people take on guilt practically for things that happened in other countries. Now, you have to own what you have to own, but not other stuff. Yeah. Okay? Um, and, of course, when people badger you for it, you're feeling bad about yourself anyway. And so that's the last thing you need. Yeah. Um, the most common symptoms of depression, they're probably no surprise to anybody, but I'm going to go through them. Yeah. The, the first and most disturbing one is fatigue. Everything is way too much trouble. Okay? Yeah. Irritability. That means that everybody and everything seems overwhelming. You don't like anything, you're not happy with anything, and it's very easy for you to be irritable and snap at whoever or whatever is around you. Okay? Um, so you're not in a happy mood either. Yeah. Um, you either don't sleep or you sleep too much. Okay? You can have pain all over your body. Yeah. Um, that is depression related and there was a wonderful ad on TV for it hasn't been there for a while but it was an ad for Zoloft which is a commonly used antidepressant and it was a little fuzzy ball thing that looked kind of cute and he was complaining that depression hurts it was a great ad and a great way to oh play. it hurts yes physically yeah it comes out in your body mm-hmm I remember that physical pain when I was yes. going through my breakup Absolutely. where it literally felt like someone just ripped my heart out of my chest and there was just an, an empty cavity right my whole chest yes it was the most pain i've ever felt and people it's, forget it can be physical too yeah i'll never forget that pain I that's know. the worst pain and, in the world and you described it very clearly mm -hmm. um, self-care can often go downhill because you don't have the energy to shower or take care in dressing and all that and people often report depressed people as suddenly looking disheveled or something yes. like that yeah. now here's one of the big things that gets in the way of feeling better most of us when we're depressed isolate and mm -hmm. that is the absolute worst thing you can do yeah okay you kind of stoop by yourself and you hold it in and you don't have the energy to want to socialize, yeah. but the more you can, the better off you are. And the more you can talk about it, the better off you are. Okay? Yes, And absolutely. I spent my life saying the worst thing you can do is isolate. But do I understand why you want to? Absolutely. Um, and then they listed as Anhedonia. Anhedonia, I wondered who she was for years, but I found out now. She's a word that means nothing is fun or interesting. You can't enjoy yourself no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. 
I think I worked for her before. I think you did. Yes, I think we both did. Um, beating yourself up, the old I can't do anything right syndrome. We've all had days like that, but think about weeks like that. You're forgetful. What did you just say? I forgot. I did too. Um, and here's one that doesn't always get talked about. Many people have feelings of numbness, both physical and emotional. When the pain gets too great, feel, getting numb makes all the sense in the world. So it's like a coping mechanism. It's like a coping mechanism. But people will say, I feel nothing at all, physically or emotionally. And that's a very scary feeling because people want to be active, they want to be out there, they want to be doing things. Yeah. And that's when people tend to cut themselves. Yes. And we all hear about that, and most people say, why in heaven's name do people cut themselves? And it's in order to feel something. And some say, too, that um, seeing the blood reminds you that you are still alive, because I guess you can be so numb, you wonder. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes people are so numb that they don't even feel the cutting, and that's the worst end of it. If it hurts, it, you're better off. Yeah. But that's when one of the one of the times when people are most likely to do that, and after they cut, they feel better. So, or they wouldn't do it. Yep. Um, and one of the first times I saw that was with a girl I dated. Yes, that's right. And you remember yeah, her? Yes, I do. And she was quite depressed. Yeah. Would cut herself in the middle of the night yeah. when I was sleeping. Mm -hmm. I obviously didn't date her for very long. But she was actually who I dated after the Applebee's girl. Yes. I don't think I've ever talked about her in a video. Right. Um, oh, right. Yes, I, I do remember her. Yeah, yeah. That I started dating her yeah. to try and get my mind off things with the other breakup and trying to move forward. And, I, you know, I genuinely cared about this yes, girl. Yes, but she had many troubles. <sighs> she sure yeah. did. It was, and the, you know, I remember her waking me up one day and I see these cuts on her arm and I'm like, what is going on What's here? Going on? And then I started, that's, I mean, we're going back about six years now. Yep. And I started talking to you about it and you really helped me understand that. Yep. Because I'd never seen that before. No, and it makes no, no sense. Why would somebody cut themselves to feel better? Because they're numb. Being numb can also be related to trauma that might have happened in one's past. And she absolutely had massive yeah. amounts of trauma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when the thoughts and the memories start to come up again, sometimes people will cut, and it'll stop that for two or three days. Yeah. Um, so there are reasons people do it. It's not a healthy way to do it. My feeling about cutting is you need to get it out in words, not by acting out destructively against yourself. Because no matter how you... And people will say, well, it's my arm and it's my business. Why can't I do that? Because you don't need to get hurt again. You have words. You can talk about things instead. But it's hard for some people to give it up. There are usually recurrent thoughts of death um, if people are depressed long enough. And at that point, of course, you ask people if they have any kind of suicidal or homicidal ideation. And there's two kinds of those thoughts. There's the passive thoughts. I hope I don't wake up tomorrow. Maybe I'll get hit by the bus on my way to work. Yeah. In other words, I'm not going to do anything to myself, but it would be okay with me if something happened. They start to fantasize about it. Yes, they start, and yes. And that's called passive suicidal ideation. Active thoughts is I plan to OD, I'm going to hang myself, etc., etc. If anybody ever says that to you, act quickly 
to get them evaluated. If somebody has thoughts of suicide, now that you can walk around with thoughts of suicide in your head, more people than you realize do. That's called suicidal ideation. So you can manage with that. But once you have a plan and you intend to carry it out, then somebody needs to intervene. Okay? Yeah. Um, and if you're really feeling like that, you got to get some help for yourself. Absolutely, get help for yourself. Call 911 or go to your nearest hospital mm -hmm. or your primary care if you're safe enough to wait a day or two. Um, but And if you have to do it for someone else and you're afraid they're going to be angry at you, what you tell them is, I'd rather have you come back here furious at me than have you not come back here. Yeah. Okay. So you can be mad at me if you want, but I acted where, what, the way I, I thought I should to keep you safe and to keep you alive. Yeah. And some people ask, well, why isn't it my business if I want to kill myself? I suppose in one way it is, but the other thing is that two days later, you know, 999 people out of a thousand feel better and don't want to do it anymore. So they kind of they talk about it as you know a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's right. And you know I had one friend that helped me um, when I was depressed over my breakup too, and he would say to me, you know, the problems that you're having today, it's not going to mean anything a year from today. And at the time, it was really really hard to see it, but he was right, you know, and. Um, you have to keep that in mind. The things that you're depressed about today, a year from now, they'll either improve right. or they really won't matter. Feelings pass, fortunately. And, and feelings that, change. Yes, and that's really why we do intervene the way we do. Um, that if we keep you around for two or three days, and if you're in the hospital you might be bored to extinction, but at least you'll be safe, um, then you can renegotiate life if you want. There are a lot of myths out there about suicide. The one I hear the most often that scares the devil out of me is my mother says that people who talk about suicide never do it. Absolutely untrue. People give many warnings. So if you hear someone talk about suicide a number of times, the fact that they're talking about it does not in any way mean they'll never do it. And I've heard that one repeatedly. Okay? So be careful of that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's not true. You have to take people at their word. We can't, and I've had people I've sent to the hospital come back and say to me, well, you shouldn't have sent me to the hospital because you should have known I didn't mean it. No, I'm not in the business of reading your mind. I can only go by what you said. And you said you were going to bang your head against the wall until you died. Okay? So don't hand me that. I should have known you didn't mean it. No, not my job. My job is to keep you safe and believe you. That was usually the end of that. That usually never happened again. Okay?